0: Welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy uh, studio. Actually, I'm streaming in my office right now, and I am super excited to have Zach Holdsworth on our uh, podcast today, our midweek podcast, and he is the CEO of Hint Health, and he supports uh, DPC, Doctors, Clinics, um dpc is direct primary care we've talked about him many times on this show before we are big supporters of him i wrote about him in my book is one of the fixes to our healthcare system and he is going to define dpc a little bit just for those of us that don't know and then he's going to talk about how hint health supports him so zach welcome to our show hey thanks for having me i appreciate it go ahead and give us a little introduction of yourself and then we'll talk about what dpc is and what hint health does with dpc
1: yeah, um, good to meet you, um, and thanks for having me. I'm Zach Holdsworth. We I'm the founder of, and CEO of Hint Health. We um, we support the DPC movement. Um, Basically, a technology platform that uh, helps them with their billing, with their EMR solution. We've um, uh, got pretty much everything we do is designed around supporting DPCs. Our annual conference, our education programs. Um, DPC is direct director at primary care. It's an alternative to the traditional kind of fee for service insurance based medicine. Um, as a, instead of doctors kind of working within the insurance fee for service status quo, which is really kind of um, not doing a good job of of uh, allowing doctors to care for patients, these doctors are charging a, an affordable monthly fee, um, anywhere from you know fifty to you know hundred bucks. The medians about um, seventy five dollars a month. And with that, they're essentially giving their patients unlimited access to them and their teams, um, same day, next day appointments. Um, really, really um, just profound care is able to be delivered when you can change the underlying business model. Um, and also, and importantly, um, a- able to help uh, either patients individually or, or their employers save money because they're um, kind of working on behalf of the patient as opposed to working on behalf of the system. And so we're really, um, really kind of great, um, great supporters of DPC. We think it's one of the solutions, to the US perhaps the most important solution to the US healthcare crisis. And so we built a company dedicated to supporting the growth and success of this movement.
0: Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. It's definitely one of the big fixes of the system. Um, what we're doing now is not working. It's not sustainable. Um, traditional insurance-based medicine is expensive. And we always talk about how healthcare is expensive, but when consumers pay for healthcare and have direct access to their doctors, like DPC, it's very affordable. Like you say, $50 a month for unlimited access to a doctor. So um, what's expensive is insurance-based healthcare. So that's what we really need to get in mind is that when we take that third party out of the equation, and consumers are in direct access with their um, primary per, per healthcare professional and pay them directly, it, it cuts out a middleman and it makes things much more affordable. That's right,
1: yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah.
0: So tell us, um, what made you start, how long has Hint Health been around and what made you start Hint Health?
1: Yeah, we've been around since around um, late 2013, early 2014. So, um, you know, eight, nine years or so. Um, we, me and my co-founder, we, we were trying to figure out, we tend to be sort of systems thinkers, I guess, and, and we're trying to figure out, we we're looking at idea, we want to do something at a new company in healthcare, and we we're looking around trying to figure out what is something that in theory would actually fundamentally transform the system as opposed to just a lot of the things we we're looking at seemed like incremental improvements where you know, maybe on the margin reduce costs or give maybe patients a little bit better access um, but a lot of the ideas would be marginal um, and really to a certain extent perpetuate the status quo system And so we're trying to figure out what is something in theory that actually fundamentally transforms the system and um, I actually you know go back to my early days as a childhood where we had a family doctor who you could actually call on a Friday and you know they would treat you or I actually remember, um, with some emotion, actually, our family doctor and the relationship we had with him. Um, and I f- felt that, it, that something was missing in the U.S. healthcare system. Um, and my my co-founder has a, has a sort of a family of of um, uh, clinicians and nurses and people that work in you know, inside the healthcare system as providers, and um, and the, 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 they were all dissatisfied as well. And so when we came across DPC, it was one of the first things that we saw that actually it wasn't scaled, right? It was a very small movement and to a certain extent it still is, but it's much further along now and it's growing more quickly Mm -hmm. as well. But what we observed from DPC is that although it was a small movement, what these doctors were doing um, uh, was actually working, right? Patients loved it, Um, they were getting great access. Doctors and nurses loved it, right? It was, it, it was something where they were restoring the kind of the spirit of medicine, right? You could see it, they're actually excited to be at a conference. I remember we go to I first direct primary care conference, they were excited and passionate, mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of just sort of um, dissatisfied and upset with the system. Um, and they were importantly showing that they could save money. And so it was just sort of like, well, what's the catch? Well, the catch was that it's there's 80 of them, <laughs> um, or, at the, or whenever it was, um, I don't know the exact number when we started, but it was hundreds, not thousands, right, of doctors that were uh, and, and different and providers that were doing this. So we thought, okay, if every American had access to care like this, we actually think this would this would potentially transform the U.S. healthcare system from first principles. Right, and so we thought, okay, well, let's just build a company to support this movement and see what happens. And so that was what we did, and we're still around today, doing what we set out to do. So that's that's quite satisfying.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things, and I write about it in my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And you'll get an electronic copy of my book for being a guest on our show. Um, is I talk, we talk about the dissatisfaction of doctors in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And, and I honestly I, I don't know any doctor in the traditional system which there's I know hundreds of them personally um, right You know, maybe i met a thousand of them I don't know but I've never talked to one that likes the traditional system and right. uh, you know in DPC I've met probably hundreds of them and I haven't met one that doesn't like it That's right. and yeah and think about how important that is as a patient to have a happy doctor. I mean, seriously, that, that, that might sound like obvious, but I don't think most patients realize how much most doctors hate the traditional system because their, their hands are tied in the traditional system. They are told what to do, what to order. They don't, they're not working for the patient. They're working for an insurance company. Um, and and some usually a big corporation that is paid by the insurance company so they're not working for the patient that's right yeah i mean
1: they bought the the there's a reason that um you know the the that, that, that the doctors don't like it the patients don't like it um it's interesting actually you know there's a there's a large gro- there's a large growth rate and DPC is actually coming from employers saying, "Hey, why don't we pay for this? This seems like a good idea. Let's just pay for this on behalf of our patients, and basically let the doctors do what they're going to do." Um, well, it's interesting. The employers also don't like the status quo system, but they're captivated. They are cap- they captured by it, right? Um, and, uh, and and I'll even go so far as saying the payers don't like the system they're in. But there, you know, a lot of the people that work. Maybe if you if you if you look at the system, the system likes it because the system generates lots of money and people love yes. that system. But when I talk, I talk to innovative entrepreneurial people all the time that have come from the status quo kind of third party pay system on the payer side, and they hated it as well. They were like, I felt like I could. It's not like there's just a bunch of bad people that are working at Seeknow or whatever that just want to screw everything up. That, that they they're just in the system and so they don't like it either and a lot of them actually leave to try to start companies who often then they'll often find us and we will figure out is there a way to partner and figure this out so the way i tend to think about it is it's really the entire if all of the entities in the um healthcare system all of this kind of if you think of it from a game theoret- theoretic perspective all of the players right in the game don't like the game but they're they're this is the game right and so the um and so um the the way i tend to think about it the only way to fix a system that is that scaled up to that level with all of these actors and players that are sort of in this complicated um dave chase calls it a um root Goldberg machine and a gourd uh, combined with a Gordian knot <laughs> basically like it's an un- untiable knot and it's this complex machine right the only if that's the status quo right the only way to break that status quo is you have to just completely start from scratch and that's why I think the sort of free market movement and DPC especially because that's the most important part of the healthcare from my perspective, system is the primary care system. It's the it's the primary, from my perspective, you need to fix that and then slowly but surely you can rebuild the system around those new incentives, those new, um, uh, you know, you've got it's this pricey-price-transparent, incentive-aligned, um, very low administrative overhead model. Um, and if you think about the status quo, it's... it's you know, perverse incentives, no price transparency, crazy overheads. So you, you sort of fix all those things in a net new model, and then you can start from there to rebuild the system. And so that that's kind of, it's not just the doctors, it's not just the patients, no, it's everyone. But I think the doctors, honestly, are the ones that get the worst deal and the, 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 because they're, you know, they run into medicine to support and care for people and they're not able to do that in a traditional model and so that's actually um a form of kind of uh, z-dog calls it moral he says basically a form of moral injury um being applied to the 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 providers in the system absolutely you know and a a tirade (laughs) but yeah no that was good thank
0: you for that um you know doctors used to be and still should be in control of the system they're the highest you know they're the they're the most highly skilled trained um educated person in the system and it wasn't that long ago 30 years ago or so 20 years ago even that largely doctors were in charge it wasn't mbas it wasn't administrators it was it was doctors were in charge and doctors would yep. tell mbas or um you know people in the system what they wanted and what they wanted to do not not the other wow. way around and and Sorry there was a doctor that we interviewed a DPC doctor and he found out during residency that it wasn't what he wanted to do. He's like, this is not going to work. So he went, um, direct primary care right away out of residency, which is very rare, but we are seeing that happen more, which I love that. Yeah. yeah, That we are getting younger doctors, um, seeing that and, and moving into the movement now without the pioneers you know, 14 years ago, like, you know, Dr. Lee Gross and things like that, you know, that had been doing it for over 10 years, you know, they wouldn't be able to do that because it is, it takes time to build that. But I love a quote from him. He said, I found out, I figured that in order to fix the system, I needed to get out of the system. And I believe that. I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, and I, and I will talk about it in my profession in pharmacy, you know, phar- pharmacists that are in the traditional system. They think that the answer is to lobby PBMs and lobby insurance companies to pay pharmacists better. <laughs> right. That is not going to work. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing in medicine. If doctors think they're going to lobby Congress to make Medicare pay doctors better, no. It, it's just not going to work long term. I mean, you know, instead of a 6% cut this year, they gave a 3% cut. And and the AMA cheered and doctors cheered. It's like that's not something to cheer about, right. you know. Yeah.
1: Um, Totalistic. Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 all of those um, solutions that that are sort of proposed. They're all, you know, a lot of them are good ideas, right? They they will maybe you know slightly improve things, um, you know. The, the, so it's not you know like people are that they, they have a lot of the time good intention, right? Hey, let's try to. Sometimes it's not good intention, but a lot of the time, actually, people I believe come from come from places good intention and um and it, but it's just not going to change the system right and, you know there's been billions hundreds of billions of dollars been funneled into like value-based care for example right and my view in it is it's like it's it's you know it's actually a pretty good idea but it's not working <laughs> um it's yeah. it's not it's, it's good, it comes from a place of good intention but we still had a you know 50 percent increase in total cost of care over the last decade Right, which is like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> Healthcare was expensive a decade ago. Um, and uh, and so a lot of that innovation is just not really changing anything. So yeah, I agree. Like the way to transform the system is you need to really re-architect it and redesign it from first principles, which is a long game, right? It's, I'm not proposing that, hey, everyone, you know, you know, if we just did these two things, then overnight everything's fixed. Um, it, it will take time. But if you don't, if you don't, um, yeah, if you don't have a shot at something, it's definitely not going to happen. So that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do over at Hint.
0: And, and I liked what you said about, you know, DPC was kind of the start of what needs to happen um, mm-hmm. in order to fix the system or get out of the system, I should say, maybe. Um, yep. Because without the primary care, there's nothing else driving it. So what's happened with DPC doctors is they've, they've networked with lab companies, To drive prices down. They've, um, you know, yeah, um, uh, imaging companies. Um, to drive prices down of, of MRIs. I'm surprised about when I hear what you can get an MRI for in, in Florida now. Yeah, you can get an MRI for $400 in Florida,
1: maybe less now. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And you can get an x-ray for like 75 bucks in some cases.
0: Yeah, you can get an x-ray for me. This is a few years ago. I talked about it in my book. Um, south of me for about in an, hour, an hour and a half south of me, $59 for a six-procession x-ray on, on my son's right. wrist back in 2014. Now, Price is probably
1: There's a lot of happening with pharmacy. There's lots of exactly. innovation happening in pharmacy where yeah. it's, hey, can, you, can we just give it, get a cash rate for this or we'll pay a exactly. monthly fee? Yeah.
0: Yep. I, I, I met with a pharmacist over the weekend in Montana that has a, a cash-only pharmacy, and, I mean, his prices are incredibly low, and it's amazing how it's usually many times it's low. I mean, people's co-pays will be hundreds of dollars, and he can do it for 50 right. bucks or something like that. Right. I mean, so right. when people use their insurance, that, that's what makes it expensive. Um, another thing we're seeing, too, is now that there's a direct primary, now that there's primary care doctors, there's also specialists that are going into either fee-for-service. Because with the specialists, it's, depending on the specialty, it's a little more difficult to do a monthly fee. Um, mm-hmm. But they're doing mm-hmm. fee-for-service cash services. And, and so these primary care doctors can um, refer to
1: them yep Yep. i mean it, and, it's, it, it, and it's happening like it's we're seeing it happen across the board there's um you know the, the 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 important thing to remember is that something like you know in the us something like five to eight percent or something of, of money is spent on primary care but uh, it should be it, you know in, in a dpc model that that's probably closer to 10 to 12 percent, right if you were to scale it out so which is the point, right? We need to double our investment in primary care, at least. Um, yeah. And But but indirectly, um, something like 60% of spend is sort of dictated by a primary care doctor and their referral. And so if you're able to um, change the system at that critical junction point, and then have all of those referral pathways that are emanating out of that primary care doctor, um, have those um, referred into the new system, whatever that may be, that we're kind of working towards, then you've sort of pretty much solved the problem, right? Like at, yeah. at scale. Now, that's, that's a lot to do there, right? But that, I think, sort of conceptually, it's not rocket science. Um, you, you We sort of don't think insurance is necessarily bad. It just shouldn't be the thing that pays for 60, 70, 80% of healthcare. That doesn't make any sense. So, there's no other insurance industry in the world where the amount of services that are paid for and covered are done as uh, uh, something like 70% is paid through insurance. So the, the, the only place that happens is healthcare in the United States of America. And so, if we can change that and make it, you know, whatever, would it take the global average of any industry? I don't know. It's probably more like 15% or something, or 20%, some some number like that. It's relegated to very high cost, catastrophic, um, uh, then, then uh, unpredictable events, right? And primary care is not unpredictable. Uh, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty uh and a lot of the things that emanate out of primary care are not unpredictable. The doctor is like, yeah, you, this is what we're going to need to do, right? So, anyway,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're, we're kind of told lies when it comes to healthcare, and I I I think it's it's a little bit ignorance and a little bit that we're lied to about healthcare being expensive um but Definitely. one of the things that the dpc doctors the analogies they use is like you're talking about with with insurance you know if you have auto insurance to cover your wrecked car it doesn't put gas in your car it doesn't put it's tires in your, your car. car i mean so oh, wow. Well, right. I mean <laughs> I mean like you say you said 60% maybe 75 and of course we you know I don't know the numbers I don't know if you know the exact numbers but probably honestly with healthcare only 10% of the stuff should like most insurance should be covered you know catastrophic mm-hmm. stuff okay you get cancer okay you have a heart attack those things are covered but right. but you know routine doctor visits are not expensive routine x-rays are not expensive even broken bones are not expensive that's right um, and I just want to the 6
1: <laughs> the 60% what that number is 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 the amount of healthcare that is attributable to a primary care physician referring as well as their cost right so yeah. the amount of money that's spent through insurance is more than 60% right like you know there's it's it's the the number is probably closer to 70 but i don't have the exact number but it's a substantial amount of healthcare spend that runs through the insurance fee for service rails um, and so, yeah, basically solving for that, I think is, is a pretty critical problem.
0: Well, another thing, and let's just go back to what we talked about or what I talked about early on in our podcast is that it's not, this is not really new. We think it's a new concept, but, you know, you kind of talked about it with the relationship with your doctor, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, this is how, this is how it worked. This is how the system worked. And, and speaking of, of DPC doctors and primary care, you know, nowadays in a traditional system, you know, you go see a doctor for an eye, a primary care doctor for an eye infection, and he sends you to an ophthalmologist, he or her. You know, you, you go see a doctor for a broken wrist, and he sends you to North Peak surgeon. When, I can tell you when my brother broke his arm back, you know, 40 some years ago, he didn't go to an peak surgeon. There was not an North Peak surgeon in a small town. <laughs> There was a physician assistant that that casted up his arm, splinted up his arm, and it, and it worked just fine. Now there's times where you you know you do need a surgeon when you know it's a nasty break, compound fracture, all that kind of stuff. But most of the time, a direct primary care doctor can take care of well over fifty percent. And I, I'm just making up numbers, but I'm going to guess well over fifty percent of the things a primary care doctor can take care of. You don't need to re- be referred to some specialist. Those referral systems and the big system is how insurance companies, how the system makes money.
1: That's right. Every pretty much every single um, primary care doctor went through ER training. Um, so exactly. <laughs> so I mean- the way I can think about it is that the um, the status quo sort of primary care relationship is. We'll spend seven minutes with you, and then the clinically correct thing to do is make a referral because we can't do what we need to do in seven minutes. Exactly. it actually is the clinically correct thing given the constraints of seven minutes. But if you remove that constraint, it's like an absurd idea most of the time to make a referral. Right, and so again, Absolutely. it's not the doctors; they're not being bad people and trying to mess up the system. They're just like, I've got seven, I've got six or seven minutes here. Right, I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, and so, yeah, you, 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 if you sort of remove those incentives and you kind of let this uh, re- introduce better incentives and remove the overhead, then a lot of the time, those doctors that have that ER training, you yeah, know, we've actually got, a, we've got some clients that actually deliver babies, <laughs> do C sections yeah. and stuff if needed. You know, like that, that they're, that's not a, it's not necessarily every doctor, but there's DPCs out there that ha- even has some specialty experience that they can do. So what we tend to find is is that the, what happens is that really the, the scope of what is considered primary care expands. So urgent care typically would collapse into the primary care uh, in, in DPC model. Um, some you know some specialist care will end up sort of, the, at least the, the easy stuff, right? Unless it gets really complicated or collapse into DPC. A lot of the time we have our clients And some they'll they'll take the first mile of like mental health, right? If they have patients that are, you know, just really anxious and want to always come and see their doctor, well, that might just be a mental health thing. And often the doctor, if they spend time with them, they can actually help with some of that mental health. And so it's just you you sort of yeah chronic disease management. You know, if you're a pre-diabetic, well. Primary care doctor can help you with your diet, you know, talk with you about your diet and the implications of that and hold you accountable, and be available, and come up with a nutrition help, come up with a, maybe a nutrition plan. And you don't need necessarily need a diabetic specific verticalized solution that with billions of dollars funded into it. Just get, let the doctors do some of that work, and their and their teams, or you know, have, they'll have a health coach part of their team, things like that. And so you you just expand the scope of primary care you do invest more, right? There is a catch, right? There's, it costs more, more money has to be paid to the doctors to do this work, but it's the rational, but it's not 10 times more. It's, you know, double or triple, right? But double or triple, and then you're going to get way more than double or triple the value. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah.
0: And ultimately patients, and, and and patients have to, patients have to understand this and be knowledgeable about this and be educated about DPC, because ultimately consumers have to drive this it's, it's got to be between consumers and doctors and they are once patients know about it this is why we have you on our podcast once we educate them
1: about it and they know about it um they're very happy with it so just kind of references i saw you throw this up the the doctor patient relationship making a comeback that's that's kind of the, the first thing we say on our website so. so tell us a little bit about how to get a hold of um you guys if anybody has any questions yeah, um you can just on our website hint.hint.com, Hint.com, Um, you can um, all our contact information is on there. Um we're at Hint Health on Twitter and um, if you're um if you're interested in learning more about DPC then we've actually got our annual conference coming up in September. You can find that on the resources tab which is on our website and there's it or summit.hint.com And um we'd love to we'd love to have you. Have you come if you're interested in passionate about d p c we'' are really proud of the the conference and the kind of the energy it gives back to the community. I love it. Thank you so
0: much, Zach, for being on our show today. You've helped us realize our goal, which is to educate and empower consumers to take charge of their own health, and d p c is one of the ways to do that, so there's no third party involved. so thank you so much, Zach, for being on.
1: My pleasure, thanks for having me. Listeners
0: and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in to our regularly scheduled podcast Monday, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Thank you for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.